If the Simpsons movie has taught us anything, and it hasn't, it's that everything can always get worse. As Bart Simpson stood, tethered to, tethered to a lamppost with his, with his pants missing, he uttered the phrase, this is the worst day of my life, which Homer cheerfully responded with, worst day of your life so far. And so, like Bart Simpson, Southern AFC seem to have the worst part of their history every single week. But there's always a reminder, it's just the worst part of our history so far. Welcome to Thursday's Wise Men Say podcast. We're, we're in the uh, Port Street Beer House and it's another Mank pod. My name is Tom Walsh and I'm here with our two Northwest contributors. We have Jim. Hello. And Joe. Hello. And we've got a lot to get through tonight. Uh, looking ahead to Coventry and also... We'll kick, so we'll kick off things with last night's exit to Gillingham in the first round of the FA Cup. Um, before the match, there wasn't really that much. The, the talk was that FA Cup's not really a priority, like the checker trade. It's not, we're not particularly bothered about it. But it's another defeat, 120 minutes without a shot on target. Um, so yeah, what do we think of that? Well, first of all, massive respect to all of the, I think it was 326, maybe. I don't know if that's the exact exact amount who went, but uh, anyone who went to that game, don't know why or how you managed to do that, but well done for doing it. Um, Sitting at home listening to it on the radio, I think the standout, uh, or the takeaway, I should say, from that game was at half-time, when uh, Barnes and Benno were basically saying that uh, there'd been more headers uh, or headed touches than had been touched with feet in the first half. Um... By the, by the end of the game we still hadn't managed a shot on target um, I was clearly disappointed given the strength of the team especially going forward that had been picked if you look at the players who we had on the pitch you'd think between you know Grigg Maguire Watmore O'Neill, somebody could have mustered a shot at some point during the game and they didn't and I think sadly that's summed up the way things are going at the moment yeah that was a, that was a point where in the Chronicle on uh, before the game there was a talk of we're taking a very youthful squad down and what actually turned out was the only player only youth player was Brandon Taylor that made an appearance whereas the rest of it was a cobbled together first team and it's again like we saw at Scunthorpe it's another just woeful performance yeah it was it was uh, as 120 minutes it was absolutely unacceptable um, and I think as a as a fan base, I, 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 st- I still don't think we're we're in a position where we can we can accept those kinds of performances, and I th- I, rightfully so as well. Um, the owners may come out and say that we've had a, a good start to the league season and, and what have you. Um, and although okay, the, the cup competitions aren't as important as as getting out of League One. I think we'll all agree with that. And realistically, are we going to go on and win the FA Cup? Probably not. But when it comes to momentum and when it comes to actually having some sort of game plan or some sort of strategy um, within the squad, there that, that, that doesn't seem to be any. Um, I think the main takeaway I've, I've had from these cup games is we seem to not, not have progressed at all since, uh, since, since Parkinson's taken over, in fact probably regressed. Um, and I think that the main concern for me is the fact of how patched together we look even this far into the season we look we look like we're still in a, we, we look like a pre-season side 
nearly a quarter of the way or over a quarter of the way through the season. Well, to his credit, Parkinson did mention there was a lot of injuries. I mean, we've got two centre halves out, um, but like, like we saw before the game, like a lot of fans was like, "Oh, I'd, I'd rather lose this game, go out of it, and concentrate it." But when you can't do that for now, we've done that in three cup games. <laughs> Right, essentially all back to back, and I don't see how that mentality changes when we go into a league game. Well, that's it, and also the I'll accept the injuries at the back, but if you look at the sort of attacking options the start of that game and the attacking options we had on the bench, the fact that we didn't have a shot on target is frankly ridiculous. The fact that ultimately we didn't really do anything for the vast majority of the game, other than play a series of increasingly more inept long balls forwards to, to Will Grigg actually I think Greg actually was arguably one of the better players on the night that's uh, um, interesting because he got a 1 out of 10 last night well yeah, I mean you know I don't, I don't imagine uh, well, right, retracted Will Grigg was the word no. but what, what I would say is um, that realistically injuries fine you can accept that to an extent but like Joe said first of all that's what you've got a squad for. We're looking for Ed Bear, we're looking cobbled together. We haven't got enough players, first team players. That that much is obvious. And because some of the squad that, that were playing in that game didn't look like they'd ever played a game of first team football in their lives. And some of them were playing well for us last season, which I can't really understand what's changed in that time. Well, someone who has just played one of his first first team games, see, see, is uh, Brandon Taylor. And of the many bleak spots of that playing in a freezing cold, sparsely populated Priestfield, he's the one who did come out with some credit and Parkinson um, singled him out for praise. And so that's encouraging, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, Taylor was probably the only positive to actually come out of the game. Um, he won several battles in the air he threw himself into every 50-50 and he, he, to be honest with you he didn't actually look out of place in the in the first 11 I think uh, Parkinson may have alluded to that in um, one of his post-match press conferences mind you saying that at this point in time is that such a difficult thing to look out of place in our, yeah, in exactly. our first 11 would we um, look out of place I mean <laughs> well, this well, is, yeah, I mean I definitely would yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but sort of on that on that on that show in last night and on the I think he was part of the leasing.com or check a trade or whatever you want to call it I think he was he, he played um, in that game as well which Parkinson didn't oversee um, but apparently he watched intently um, <laughs> as intently you can watch a check a trade game yeah um, I mean if either Lynch or Willis were, were to be out this weekend which I'm not 100% sure they are because um, Parkinson has since said that he is expecting them back Um I personally would probably prefer him over Flanagan if we were to just yeah. play one one at one time to go alongside Willis. Who, I mean, especially Willis. given he used to play for Coventry, so he's going to have a bit of. He's going to want to play against them, isn't he? If he you know, a, not not majorly acrimonious exit, but I'm not sure how how well the Coventry fans up to him leaving anyway. Um, I'm assuming he's going to want to play. He is probably our best centre back, so he should play. But yeah, I'd, I'd, as as Joe said, I'd be happy with Taylor in ahead of Flanagan because Flanagan 
has flattered to the seat for the vast majority of the time he's played for us. Uh, he has played well at parts, but I've seen nothing from him or any other centre back in the first team to suggest that realistically they're a better option than uh, what 19 year old lad making his, his first team debut. I don't know what that says really I mean, about the state of the squad at this time. I mean, you're always going to get that enthusiasm with a youngster coming into the team. But it's like, like you said, if if a if like a Joel Lynch or even a Willis isn't fit, like yeah, why not? I mean, he's not a bad option to have, is he? I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think we should uh, pin our hopes on him starting every single. Chuck the kids in, you say? <laughs> kids for me, yeah. not in that. No, 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 no. Um, redact that. <laughs> redact it. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, as an option, I don't think he's a bad one. Um, I, like I say, I don't think we should necessarily pin all our hopes on on him coming to be our saving grace this year. Um, but when you look at how Flanagan has featured in the games that he, that he has played in this season, he's a shadow of him former self compared to sort of the early part of, of last year. Um, him and Baldwin, when they first started out, looked looked unbeatable and. And it's a shame that they've, they've um, obviously Baldwin is is on loan, um, but it's a shame and, and not playing and not playing. Yeah, I mean that. I think that says it all. That, that says it all. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, I mean, what what player can we? Why are we attracting these players and and putting these players in our first team when they can't even get a game in League Two? Although I can't wait for. Uh, big Charlie Method to come out and say we need to accept we're a League Two team yeah. in a few years' time. <laughs> but the defence is one issue, but the more more very pressing concerns is up front. Yeah. Uh, I mean, under Ross we weren't the pre- most prolific scorers, but now we're just not scoring at all. And in Parkinson's, that's been five away games. Now he's played more away than homes. We've only scored one goal, and in a season last season where we scored. In Every game but one. Yeah, Barnsley away. Barnsley away. Well, I think I think funda- fundamentally with Parkinson, um, and I sort of said this at the time he was he was appointed, is that he's a. I think I was hoping he'd be more of a pragmatic manager rather than just a purely defensive long ball manager because a, prag- a pragmatic manager with our squad wouldn't be playing long ball football because pragmatism is obviously making the best of, of what you've got available, and we don't have the players to play that style of football, and yet. Sadly, the longer it goes on, we seem to be playing it, and we're playing these balls either over the top or up to up to Will Grigg, and it's it's not working. And the goals that win, the goals that we have or had, I should say, out of this, these exact same players, even at the start of this season, certainly last at this time last year, is. I, I can't understand it. It's staggering how, how big the drop-off has been in the performance level, the attitude, the will to win, the commitment from virtually every single player in the squad well, who I've seen well, under, under Parkinson. Well, let's get on to Parkinson. Uh, Saturday is his 10th game in charge, and it's also pretty much to the day he was appointed, or his first game. And Jesus Christ, that's, that feels like an absolute lifetime ago, and it's only been a month. Um, so let's start on the positives. Um, he's played two home games, mm-hmm. and we've won both of them, if you exclude Leicester under-21s beating us. <laughs> <laughs> we've had, we had a big win over Tranmere, and then a not-so-big win over a, a dreadful South End team. So, in the limited time he's been here, I mean, do we still have to use that caveat that he's only been in the job for so long? But are the any positives you can see? 
I think, I mean, positives may be a bit of a stretch, but I think that, that you definitely have to be mindful of the fact that it's his 10th game coming up, and like you say, he's been appointed a month. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of games, yeah, a lot in, of games. In, a, in a short period of time. I mean, wait, I say that bearing in mind that he has had a full week to then deliver that Gillingham performance. Yeah. Doesn't really, uh, doesn't, doesn't really um, shine a positive outlook on, on what's to come, but... I think you must consider the fact that he hasn't had a lot of time with these players. Maybe more concerning is the fact that the more time he's spending with these players, the less responsive they seem to be. Um, but, but that could be fatigue. It could be the fact it was a Tuesday night in Gillingham. and It was freezing cold last night. Yeah, the weather and, and, and obviously the magnitude of the, of the, of the, of the game was minimal. Um, I think that... You've got to, if you, if, like we started out, in relation to the league, getting the first round of the FA Cup isn't a great, isn't a great, a great um, platform to, to play your football. Mind you, it worries me the, um, the, the lack of drive to impress mm. the new manager. Um, these players, I think, I think it was evident more so in the Leicester under 21s game when. Um, McGeoch particularly had an absolute stinker um, and that was his real, his first real chance to actually show what he could do under under uh, Parkinson and I just think that, that sort of at, at this point in time it is, it's, it's concerning that, that these players already from the outside look as if they don't want to play well, do we do we put that down on there's just the maybe the atmosphere that's around the cup competitions if if you've got a club just the from board level to the fans saying oh we're not particularly fussed about this uh, competition it's all about the league then as players would they, I mean it's not the most professional thing in the world but they were thinking oh well maybe we don't have to go full throttle at this one we've got two big games back to back or is it I don't know if it's personally I think it's that loss of momentum and it's like you can't just pick yourself out of playing badly to yeah. suddenly playing amazingly against a good team yeah I think there'll 100% be an element of players in these cup games probably if they've been told or not being told they're probably a bit of both thinking well I don't really want to go 100% full throttle in this game I don't want to get injured I'm not that fussed but at the same time still representing the club it's still a first team game you've still played 120 minutes against Gillingham and not one of you is about a shot on target which I don't know whether you can really excuse that you've lost do you really want to lose to a youth team in the Leicester game I mean, stuff like that, that it's like that, you know I mean is there not some level of professional pride where you're thinking well you know I might be a League One player but I'm still a first team player I'm playing against effectively a team of Kids. Well, yeah. that's, a, that's the thing I said at the top of the show that I think that the Leicester game is just we've had many Nadirs in this yeah. uh, low moments in this season, but I think no, I can't. Like James Hunter said it on a, um, a previous pod that no Sunderland team should ever lose to an academy side, no matter. I mean, from my pals that were at the game, they said that Leicester team was handy, and they probably are. Yeah, they but, were, but, but for me, it's like. The problem, and this is this is partially Parkinson and obviously partially the score as well. Is like there was no reaction to that result. Yeah. Like, fair enough. Okay, you've lost the game. Fine. Nobody played well. Nobody can come out without looking well. Fine. But next game, you've got to you've got to show show something. You've got to show that you you weren't happy with it and you were trying to do something. Look at when Man City lost lost to Norwich. They ended the 
battering, I think it was Watford or whoever in the next game. Uh, there was a reaction to, to, to that result and we just produced a very similarly crap performance in the next game. Yeah, it's, it's and Scunthorpe and it was also yeah. with, a, with a stronger team, if anything. Uh, <sighs> what I think... You're saying the you pulled again on the on the shots on target um, sort of aspect of last of of um, the FA Cup game against Gillingham, but it's not. If you look at the numbers, it's not actually a huge surprise. I mean, since Ross has left, if you compare our first nine games to to, uh, to well Parkinson's first nine games to, to Ross's last ten. <laughs> There's been an almost 40% reduction in the shots on target, but that's that's. And then if you look at also the amount of goals that we're scoring, we're scoring on average one goal a game, and you've got to think we got five of those against Tramway. Yeah, this is this is one of the main concerns I have about Parkinson. When to the first game against Wickham, it's like okay, still new, when mm. my flying, a defeat down there, the manner wasn't great, but you know. You're easing into yeah. it. And then the 5 0 against Tram, you're like, wait, here we go. But I think whenever his tenure ends, I think that game will be seen as like an anomaly on what. Because you look at just this, we have the small sample size of these nine games, and nothing has suggested we could blow a team away like Tram. Well, that's it. Like, it's getting back to what we were saying before. It's like we're, we're not. If he's going to be a pragmatic manager who's only objective, which I'm assuming the only objective he was given by the board when he was appointed was to get this team promoted. We weren't. We already weren't scoring enough goals, and we already weren't having enough shots on target. And for that to reduce by 40% in what a sample size of eight games, I mean that's not good. I mean, and whether or not, if you're a striker and you're Will Grigg and you need a goal, or you're Mark McNulty, or whoever you are, don't know what more, you need a goal. You've played a game against a youth team, played against a game against a League Two team, you've played two games against a team in the League One who were a best average, and not one of you has actually stepped up and thought, you know what, I need a goal, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my best. Because yeah, they haven't even looked like they've been trying. The best. I know it's basic to say they've not been trying hard enough, but... Sometimes it does boil down to that because if you watch, if you watch the, the, these games or even just listen to them, you can tell that they're not. And that's Parkinson's fault because if he's not managing this team, if he's not motivating them, what is he doing? Like, why is he there? And we were, like, my one of my best friends is a, a Bolton fan and he, I lived with him for a year during that season where they stayed up on the last day. And every, every Saturday night, he would moan constantly about Phil Parkinson and how it... And he was... They weren't, they weren't getting the results and he had you know hands tied and all this but he said the football was just yeah. awful and, and as soon as he was appointed he, te- he texted me saying good luck with your meat and potato football <laughs> and, it, and to bar that Tranmere game and maybe parts of the Shrewsbury game were a bit unfortunate that's what we're getting meat and potato football I think Tim you alluded to it earlier the reaction following the Leicester under 21 defeat would you not argue that the lack of reaction following the Tramier victory is arguably yeah, more concerning? Because we, for that game, we were at them from minute one. We played them off the park. I mean, we only had six shots on target, so let's not kid ourselves that we, were, we, we, we turned out like Barcelona because we certainly didn't. And Tramier... I mean, they beat, Co- they beat Coventry, but it's like they're, they're not a great team. No, but that was a really weird fluke result as yeah, well. Yeah, it was actually. We'll, um, get, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but 
I, I, I would ask, well, I'll pose the question to you two. Would it, what concerns you more, the lack of reaction to the under-21 defeat or the lack of consistency and uh, reaction to the 5-0 win over Tranmere? Well, for me, it's, it's the lack of consistency in the reaction to the Tranmere game because that, the fact that they... It's almost more annoying, the fact that... Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, we had six on target, we scored five. We still scored five. We still batted, effectively battered them. We were the better team from minute one to the end of the game. Why go from that? Like, how could it be possible to go from that to be so bad so quickly? Like, what what are they not getting? And I don't want to pin this all on the manager because I get that, obviously, people are right to be annoyed at the players. And I'm annoyed at the players, but... Fundamentally, the manager's job is to make sure, or try their best to make sure the team are going to present themselves and play the game in the best way they possibly can. And I just feel like the Parkinson isn't doing that, and it's quite obvious why. Because the the attitude that they have on the pitch is not a winning sort of arrogant confident attitude it's more of an attitude where like it's gone it's like almost like a malaise already it's almost, almost like the, the back end of the Premier League years where it's like nobody's really bothered it's like we're just sort of playing yeah. I would agree with that uh, malaise thing but when you say about that like the kind of like cocksure arrogance we've not had that since like November of last year when we yeah. went on that yeah. really great run um, we won like nine, eight, nine games in a row yeah. um, to play a bit of devil's advocate, do you reckon he's just praying that Charlie White becomes fit again? Because if you see at his previous clubs, he's had players like, as I mentioned, Aaron Wilbraham Gary and Medine. Gary Medine, and he, the, he likes having that big lump that he hoys it up to. And also, like, I think we underestimate, I never thought I'd be saying this, but the absence of uh, Lyndon Gooch. He had that amazing game against mm. Tranmere. He was, also, he was also good against. Was it? Was it? I think it was quite. Was it Wickham? Wickham was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Gooch played. The games Gooch has played. Barton he's played very well. And it's always a case. It's like it starts off as a knock, and now he's out for three months. And so may, maybe he's waiting for players. Once like Charlie White comes back, that that's his system. Well, he, then he, can, he, he might be. But do. even with Charlie White, he's the one player who can be the focal point but we're still not a long ball team even if you play Charlie White because the rest of the players we're not it's not, it's not Quinn and him and Grigg isn't Quinn and Phillips you know what I mean it's not it's not Gary Medine and you know whoever Bolton had uh, Adam LaFondre yeah. yeah we we work but we, you know we keep the ball on the deck and play it through the middle and then get it out wide and get the ball in the box on the floor or, or for a flick on something like that and that's the squad that was built by because Jack Ross built this team to play football a certain way which we did play for a while last season and obviously things have gone sour but to take this same set of players and be like right we're going to play long ball football with Charlie Wagon top it's not going to work I think that was evident as well because Ross wasn't adverse to playing long ball football and but the, the, obviously you mentioned in there waiting on Charlie White there's been plenty of times this season and last where we have actually tried to play long ball football to Charlie White and it just doesn't work. It just That's doesn't the thing. work. I mean, he's not great or White is not... White's not even sometimes good at that job. Yeah, so. Will Griggs not not, a, not 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 the type of striker who will sit in the box, Mike and Michael Owen, Kevin Phillips, whoever, get get a flick down the box and finish. He needs a bit of space to run into. He needs a ball. He needs a one-on-one, that sort of thing. You're not going to get that with a flick down from Charlie White. What you're going to get there is you're going to get a crowded penalty area. 
you get a knockdown in the melee, and then if you've got a striker, like your Michael Owen, your, your Kevin Phillips, whoever, they'll create something out of that. Yeah, they'll finish. You will Greg. But <laughs> will Greg is, will Greg isn't that type of striker, so it's not going to work. I think, though, I, one thing I will say, and it's, it's quite an odd thing to say, I'm actually quite excited to see. All right. Yeah. Um, the end of the season? <laughs> the club folding. Um, Wyke in the middle, Watmore one side, yeah. and Gooch the other. Mm. And then potentially someone like a Maguire or McGeady in the well, middle. Well, did it on... with Akin Fenwa for Wickham, didn't he? So maybe he could do it. Yeah, well, no, even, even 0-9 behind as well. Yeah, well, when 0 9 breakthrough season for Wickham, he played sort of number 10 slash second striker and effectively Akin Fenwa was the wike and he was winning the winning the balls and in you know, 09 was 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 he scored I think he scored maybe he's, 10 goals that yeah, season something like that he scored on Saturday uh, Sunday he scored against Tramie he scored again so yeah so maybe maybe he'd be the guy, but I think I think I think the problem's good to pin our hopes on long balls up top to to Charlie Wyke and hope someone's going to flick downs if that's Parkinson's ultimate goal <laughs> Then I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be enough to get through. Well, well, <laughs> the uh, obviously he's, he's Parkinson's come for like a lot of flat because support's patience is wearing considerably thin. Just understandably, though. Um, and one of the, the main defences of him is like, well, when we get to January, he's going to well. Apparently, he's going to be backed by the owners, but how many times have we heard that? And he's just brought in a lot with, with yeah, exactly. But the rate at which we're going is there a, could it be too late by then I think January is definitely going to be damage limitation rather than finding the, the final ingredient to the recipe um, well that says to me that we might as well forget about promotion I, I'm, I'm well right. well on board with that <laughs> well, certainly automatic I mean the playoffs the playoffs is a lottery as everyone says is one of the biggest uh, cliches in football but and I, th- I genuinely think we could sneak into the playoffs but if we carry on the way we're going with well, I, I, I don't think you can argue with that I don't think that we're good enough as a unit right now to get into the playoffs and I think if you maybe maybe scrape sixth if someone falls out of it but we're certainly not three four yeah I mean I'd slightly disagree with that purely not not because of anything what you've just said is wrong because to be honest it's not really other than there's not really anybody else who's any good either so that's the point the league is there's no real standout if we just sort of bumble along till January we'll probably be there or thereabouts to where we are now and the problem I've more got is that yes if we had a manager who I thought yeah you know I'll get a January and we'll sign some good players or I was confident that we'd have the funds available to be able to buy these players one, one or the two or both then fine because I think the difference between the vast majority of the teams in the top half of League One is probably not that much and you know let's be honest we've seen some crap teams who were, who were above us in the table. We're probably going to see another one on Saturday in Coventry. Like, they're all right, they're not great, but they're probably a bit similar to us. The problem's going to be that I don't know whether he's going to sign the players who are going to, going to actually make us any better. Yeah, that's the point. Uh, well, I thought I'd do a bit of research and see who he brought in for when for his Bolton team. And essentially, it's just a team of massive bastards. <laughs> You got players. Is that ben Anik on it. Ben, Anik, well, he signed two goalkeepers, but he's bought players like Mark Beavis at centre half, a massive bastard. Jamie Proctor at centre forward, again a massive bastard, and also, according to my friend, shite. <laughs> <laughs> 
but players like Chris Taylor, Philippe Marais, Buxton, and, uh, Buxton. Yeah. And these are just players that you think they don't set the pulses racing, and you don't, you wouldn't think that's a team that got promoted. Although those were clever additions that got that a team promoted, and I don't know what he's like. I don't particularly know what his League One knowledge is there. Can he go and find his, like? It's like where do you even start? Because it feels like you need to sort the defence out, or you need you need someone who can score a bloody goal. I think that's the main focal point. We definitely need someone who can actually put the ball in the back of the net. Defensively, we you can work on um, shape and, and structure and and sort of tighten it up a little bit with, with the same personnel. But if your goal scorers are that wide of the mark as as are at the moment, you need some you need some new new faces in there. I don't uh, you you cannot expect Will Grigg, bearing in mind we signed him nearly a year ago, mm. and he's probably scored a handful of goals since then. Yeah, you can't expect someone like that to then just immediately switch on and, yeah. and score and score fifteen towards the back end of the season. And to be honest with you, I'm more excited about um, which sort of ex Sunderland players Parkinson brings in because he does have a track record of, of bringing in some some wild names: Will Buckley, Mark oh, Wilson, uh, Jan Kirchhoff, of course. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, definitely have it. And obviously Ben Anik, as has already been mentioned. <laughs> well, to be honest, I would happily take Daryl Murphy. Well, I, I've done a little bit, a little bit of research into oh, well done into players who. <laughs> no, no, I was saying you haven't, but I've done a, a little bit of research in the names, na- names of players who, you know, we could argue potentially get on loan until the end of the season, January. Leon Clark is one. He's still at Sheffield United. He's played, I think, half a game for them against against Liverpool, actually, weirdly. But his goal record since he played for them is really good. He's played a lot of games in the league and he's scored a lot of goals. I think he's 34. He's probably got half a good season. And if we get him on loan, he'll probably get us 8-10 goals, I would say. And he is a he's a striker that would see Sutherland as, again, as like a maybe like an Indian summer. I mean, yeah. like, he's... He's been fantastic for Sheffield United going through the leagues, and obviously his game time there is going to be significant. Well, he knows he's not going to play really now. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know why no one else has gone in for him, or maybe they have, and maybe he's just happy to be a Premier League player. Or I don't know. That's it. Yeah, I I think. I think if he, if we could go for someone like him, and then maybe he's look for some kind of. We need. We need. I think we need fullback. At least one fullback. Um, preferably a right side of fullback. Who, who's going to? Because Denver Hume's actually, for me, got a lot better in the last few weeks right. in terms of going forward. I still don't. No, you don't agree that do defensively, but you know he's he's got a few assists. Um, <laughs> maybe he's. Uh, I'm just looking through. You know, I don't know what the expression is. Get Gil- Denver Hume's in the glasses. But, yeah, I think I think if we get a more attacking, a more attacking right back to compliment him because. Um, you know, we need somebody who who's going to have a bit of bit of pace because Conor McLaughlin is is effectively like a centre back. It's like when we use it's like when we used to play centre backs or right back under Steve Bruce, and it? it's just it just doesn't work. Well, now it's also we found out that 09's position is better forward, and yet he's still using an yeah. auxiliary right back. Hmm. Um, so it's Coventry City on Saturday. Good old Coventry City. Um, do we hate them? No, no. Good. Let's move on to that. Because, <laughs> as we all realise, like nobody, though, nobody cares because it's a stupid thing that none of us are actually yeah. can remember. Anyway, they're third in the league at the moment. Flying. They've only lost twice so far. 
29 points, undefeated in the last five, but they've not won away at all. They've had this weird quirk of win one, draw one, and so what are we, what are we going to expect from Coventry City? I think they'll come. Well, if if last year's um, showing is anything to go by, hopefully it's at least an entertaining ninety minutes. To be honest with you, I'd take that now. It melted I'd... Jack Ross's brain. <laughs> it's melted everyone's I mean, it, brain. It, it's, <laughs> it, I think it was the beginning of the end for Ross. Yeah. Um, but as it as a game, as a ninety minutes, it was actually looking back on it, I'd take that over another one nil with one shot on target <laughs> yeah. kind of game. Yeah. Um, just uh, that's that's the kind of football. That's the kind of they're the kind of games. I think you actually go to football for. You don't go yeah. to football for the the grinding out one nils on a on a cold Saturday in November. You go for the absolute craziness. And to be honest with you, as Southern fans, we don't actually see a lot of that. We no, don't we get don't. many no. many. I mean, the, the opposition often score a lot of goals. Yeah. We don't regularly score four at home. Put it that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean. As as a unit, I think they'll be robust, and I think they'll 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 probably set out for a point. To be you, re- you reckon? I think these will be bang up. Uh, I reckon they'll be bang up there. They'll bring. I don't. Yeah, I imagine they'll bring a couple thousand up, and they know Sunderland are in a bit. The, the mood's not right there. I think they would yeah. smell a bit of blood there. I think well, I think they're limited in in ticket numbers as well and I, oh, yeah. I believe Mickey, Mickey Love put out a tweet saying they've been banging on about how we've reduced their allocation so and they I'm haven't been right. actually being able to sell out um, well, I'll take all that back then I'm talking <laughs> but, shy but you, look, but you look at some of the teams that they've actually failed to beat um, away from home and you're talking like your Boltons your Oxfords um, Burton okay they're not a bad side MK Dons um, I think they had a quite high score and draw with uh, Peterborough and uh, Portsmouth as well I think they're actually down nine men as well two old two old Peterborough was it? yeah um, I mean they're not they're not I think the FA Cup victory was actually their first win on the road this year yeah. so I don't think that they're as comfortable away from St Andrews, which is weird. <laughs> away <from> <laughs> yeah, away from Birmingham, which is actually quite weird. Um, as they are um, at, at, at Birmingham, yeah. At, at, well, oh, sorry. Good. And of course, it's um, Mark Robbins who managed to turn us down and get himself a new contract in the space of things. So there's a bit of uh, needle for it all. Um, so, given if we do have two centre halves missing. Um, where, who, what kind of lineup are we expecting? Well, my main takeaway from our game against them last season was pace and their pace up yeah. front. They had Jordi Harula, which I don't think plays for them anymore. Bright Enna Bakari, who definitely doesn't play for them anymore. Connor Chaplin, who doesn't play for them anymore. Bakayoko, who, who still who started in the last game. They were the front three and they made absolute mincemeat of our defence yeah. going forward, didn't they? The, the amount of space that they had was ridiculous, but I don't necessarily think, looking at, look, I mean, I'm just basing this period off looking at their recent lineups. they haven't had play, they haven't got the players with the pace that they had. Their Shipley's still there, I mean, he seemed to really enjoy scoring against us for some reason. Um, I'm sure he'll try that again. <laughs> but um, I think we need to start with a strong base. For me, if John Mills is fit, he has to play. Like I said before, be an ex-company player, big game for him, he'll be up for it, he'll want to play. If he's fit, start him. Obviously, if Lynch is fit as well, start him. If not, for me, um, I think Ozturk, Ozturk hasn't done enough. No. So, you'd be looking at, would you, would you be looking at Taylor maybe, would you say? Yeah, I'd, I'd say, yeah, yeah, I definitely, yeah. I definitely think Taylor's um, done enough. And I think, 
no matter what, you have to start with the four at the back rather than the three that we saw on uh, yeah. on Tuesday night. Um, the, the four at home against Coventry in the league, you have to, you have to be solid for the first fifteen yeah. minutes. And surprisingly, actually, um, I was doing it. I was just having a, a quick flick through. And we don't actually concede that many goals in the first fifteen minutes. It's usually from fifteen minutes to, to half time where a lot of our goals are conceded, where we just seem to we seem yeah, to switch off, or we seem to let them in, let, let them into the game more so. Um, and I think, especially if you're playing with a three, that that becomes more problematic as well. Um, but I think. If if both centre backs are out, I think you have to go with Flanagan and, and Taylor. I don't yeah. I don't I don't think like you say Osterk's done enough and I'm I'm a huge advocate of Osterk and I, he, he's, but unlike when he was dropped um by Ross when he came back into the team and he, re- he made a real made a real claim for that spot. Yeah, he did back in the last season. Um, yeah. with this time around he just seems to seems seems to have, have sort of uh, gone inside his shell and he's not certainly not the player he was no. uh, towards the back end of last season the start of this and, um, again midfield again is a bit of a bone in contention full backs as well full what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. full backs well, well, sorry you linked to midfielder I, I think I think we'll have to I mean much as much as uh, I'd like to say play nine at right back because I think genuinely sadly for Conor McLaughlin he is a better right back than Conor McLaughlin is but I think we need 09 further forward so yeah. we reluctantly play Conor McLaughlin at right back Hume will play left back hopefully because Debock is is, is not, he's not the good. rubbish yeah yeah, well, yeah basically who Debock is that you know yeah. but uh, in the midfield um, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so I do apologise for all um, let, well let, hopefully that bit won't play Power will probably play won't he yeah. uh, probably Dobson as well ahead uh, of Ledbetter who seems to be shot to bits can't really run anymore, sadly. He seems to have aged about 30 years in the space of the summer. Yeah, Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, yeah. It's coming, it's coming back to Sunderland. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right in what you said. Power and, power and Dobson, it, it kind of has to be. Although, again, neither of them really fill me with that much confidence. No. Um, I'd rather 09. I'd rather 09 in the middle. And I'd actually yeah. quite like to see 09 and Dobson together. Because they the both brothers. the Chuckle Brothers, yeah, they both seem a lot of, like, lot of gel in that lineup. <laughs> yeah, they both seem like, I mean, it'd essentially be two Cheshire cats smack bang in the middle of the park. But it would be quite interesting, I think, to see the energy levels when they're yeah, playing together yeah, because because I think they're the type of characters that that bounce off the person that they're playing with. And we've never we've never seen that. We've never Not seen that, that duo yeah. because, yeah. like we said. 09's always been shunting out to right back and obviously Dobson's very new and so up front is, is probably going to be Will Grigg and two others what more because McNulty's we'll we'll out injured is it again? out injured again yeah. we'll need pace so we'll need what more because he's literally the only other player with any sort of pace that he's got is Gooch fit? do we know? Um, well apparently it was, the injury was worse than they feared so what started off as don't stri- <laughs> what started off as a strain is probably turned into like a hernia or something I don't know but. would you play McGeady after his supposed spat? well I, I'm not buying I read a bit I, well I read some tweets about that apparently he, he expletived at, at a fan during the game and then apolo- apologised to them after so I'd, I'd let that go it's just it's, go. it's one of these things that happens when I mean if you've got someone you, shouting yeah you're not doing you're not doing well and then it, <laughs> someone puts up a, a tweet said oh McGeady swore at me it's like well you were probably swearing at him all, yeah. all game so also he's oh, still like, our best player just, yeah and he's still our best player unfortunately but 
Um, on the plus side, Parkinson, again, rule out lesser under 20 months, but he hasn't conceded a goal yet at home. And we forget that he has had the majority of away games. Oh, league games. League games. Oh, league games, sorry. Uh, league games. Going to say a lot of cup games. Less than 21. A lot of cup games, yeah. Um, so does that fill you with confidence? Is it going to go to Fortress Stadium of Light and... Well, potentially. I mean, I, I know I said start McGeady before, but then just remember that actually at times this season we have looked better when McGeady hasn't played. Um, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Not because he's not a good player, because obviously he is, and technically he's arguably the best player in the league, never mind just, just for someone. But I do sometimes think that everything's focused through him. When, when he plays for us which is which is negative because then you've got other players who end up having to make runs knowing they're not going to get the ball you've got players who haven't uh, dropped drop back to cover him because he doesn't obviously track back he doesn't put a lot of occasionally run back and do a questionable slide tackle but other than that he'll often not, not really do much defensively so maybe it'd be a good idea to not play yeah just to elaborate on your McGeady point there we seem to have the Barcelona mentality um, I don't know if you've cool <laughs> yeah not the good it's side like he's messy. Yeah, that's exactly the point I'm about to make yeah sorry so Barcelona when times get tough they just feed the ball to Messi and they expect him to change the game and sometimes well majority of time he does but sometimes he doesn't and um, in case you weren't aware McGeady is not as good as Messi um, so relying on McGeady as much as we do is only going to spell danger and that's alarming that that's, that tactic has crossed over two managers now yeah, yeah. Uh, it's well <laughs> anyway on that on that light Positivity. note we've got I've got a question of the week for you James McLean this week opened a press conference by referring to a journalist as an effing little weasel in this in this spirit which Sunderland which member of the Sunderland team do you think most resembles a weasel Duncan Watmore Duncan Watmore. Yeah. I think his head's a bit too wide for that. But Duncan Watmore, just for the the, the hair colour, um, and also I imagine he seems quite a, a, a tricky character. He's quite quick. Yeah, well. weasels are quick. Yes, yeah, yeah and he can. He, he, imagine he would be someone who would sort of dart through you if you tried to have a rugby tackle him. I don't know why you would, but if you ever try and did, he imagine he'd be, have quite sort of a step on him. Uh, weasels are like. Like clever, and Duncan Watmore is quite clever. Exactly. Yeah, he's got a he's got a degree from Newcastle University. Ah. So, <laughs> hey, maybe he is a weasel. Right, who's your weasel? Um, I'd say um, no offense to the 09 lovers, probably Luke 09. Just cause why? He, just a little bit weasley, isn't he? Like, <laughs> you know, we. I feel, I feel like we. Because all his hair slick. No, I just think like you know. I mean, you know, he has this lovely perception where everybody loves him, and I mean, I don't know the guy. He might be a nice guy, but I don't know. Sometimes like he seems too nice. I feel like a weasel no, might be a little bit, bit too nice. A bit yeah. You gotta always watch yeah. those people that are too nice. Yeah. Uh, mine was Conor McLaughlin because he looks like a weasel. Yeah, he doesn't. He's got he that really. Like Lewis Suarez, weird, he's got though. that thin face, and it's just like the vacant eyes. I think that's too sensible an answer. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Luke, if you listen so, by the way, mate. I love you. He just, lo- he just looks like a weasel. He's just like the long face, and they're like kind of like. Although well, saying that, the weasels look like they're doing. They know what they're doing, but. <laughs> <laughs> and they have face. And they have face. Uh, uh, okay, I'll push you for a prediction, um, Joe. I'm gonna go a positive Ooh. Jack Ross special one one. That's not positive. <laughs> it is when you see the way we played at the moment. Yeah, true. I don't know why, but I'm Jim. saying Sunderland two 0 Two 0 
get that party bus rolling again. Yep. Um, I think we're going to lose. <laughs> I think it's going <laughs> to be 2 1 to Coventry and it's going to turn utterly poisonous in the Stadium of Light. Oh, Just on that though, to be fair, I'm not advocating poison or anger or anything like that, but at least there's a bit of passion. Because I don't know where you guys sit when you go and what have you, but from my experience, the Roker end. It's just so lifeless at the moment because everyone, I, yeah. everyone just seems to have just accepted the fact that we're just shit. But isn't that just being beaten down after year of the year? No, yeah, it, it yeah. absolutely is. But last year, when 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 things got tough, the the support was there and the crowd was up for them. And mm. but this year, it doesn't seem to be the same. And I'm not having a go at supporters at all because I'm very much the same. Because it's almost like you've got no energy to actually to actually try and get behind them because they're just showing nothing for you on the pitch you yeah. need something to get yeah, behind I think, I think we've given we've given so much for so long even just in League One in the last how many months it is since since this first game of last season that like you say it's getting wearing isn't it? it's getting it's getting hard to keep every time like you go a goal down at home to a team who previously you'd only ever played in the first round of the League yeah. Cup and now you play them in the league. It's hard to keep yourself... And I know it sounds arrogant to say that, but it's true. No, no. It is hard, and we're not the only club who's had that. And any club who's had a second season, or, or more seasons, it, at this level when they're not used to it, it, it is hard. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It is a struggle. And it also feels like we've been to this rodeo before, just in different divisions. Yeah. It's like the, the glimmer of hope then crushed and it's just happened now but because it's had a third tier that nobody has ever experienced in the history of supporting Sunderland it's just a bit really galling and on that really positive note we well, I've got to plug our live show yeah on the 6th of December we're at Fausto in Roca for our 500th episode with uh, the always funny and uh, popular Stephen Elliott. We've got a couple of tickets remaining, £5, they're on the website. And before we go, we've got a couple more things in my admin section. We have a competition winner. Ooh. Thanks to everyone who entered, but congratulations to at52cal, which is username is why not... What does that say? Why not an A... And then, uh, and then slap face, yeah. he's apparently you husband, are um, husband, father, father, sneakerhead, golf hacker, Sunday AFC season and all your views are your own. So that's good. And then a retweet is not an endorsement. Hashtag swoosh life. So and well done. Won. So well done. <laughs> so drop us a DM, and you have won an item of your choice from the the very lovely people at from the terraces. So if you want any away day clobber. Get yourself on uh, from the terraces who actually sponsor this podcast as well, which I forgot to mention at the beginning. There'll be there'll be a reaction show after Coventry, and we're back to normal with a podcast on Monday with Stephen and Gareth. So enjoy the game on Saturday, and thanks for listening. (laughs) 